Hey there, my name is Allie Robinson. I am a certified personal trainer and running coach, and I am here to love, support, and guide you through this amazing journey to crushing your goals. We will talk about all things running, racing, strength training, nutrition, and weight loss without forgetting the real talk like mental health and motherhood. It's like a coffee date with your bestie, except I have the credentials, personal experience, and client testimonials to back it all up. So grab your favorite water bottle, put on your headphones, start your workout, and join me for something wonderful. You've heard that running is a mental sport, right? So why are we not training our brains as much as we are logging our miles? When things get hard during a race, when you feel like quitting, when accomplishing your big goal is just out of reach, you will be so glad that you took the time to work on your mindset, which is why today's episode is being sponsored by the Run Your Mind journal that I created just for runners like you. It is available right now on Amazon. The link is in the show notes and you can start working on your mindset and support our podcast. You will be so glad that you took the time to go through all the goal trackers, activities, and thought-provoking journal prompts that will help you unlock your potential as you dive into the depths of what makes you tick as an athlete. All right, everybody, are you ready for the running term of the day? In episode two, our word was 5K. So today we are talking about the 10K. So 10K is obviously double the distance of a 5K. So if a 5K is 3.1 miles, then a 10K is 6.2 miles. Still not a nice even mile number because the K in 10K is for kilometers. Now, 10Ks are one of my absolute favorite shorter distance races. Um, I'm a, a, I'm an endurance girl, right? So give me those marathons, give me those ultras, give me those longer distances. But if I'm looking for a race that is fun or to really work on my speed at uh, 10 Ks, I think are super fun because they are long enough to be challenging. Um, but still short enough where you can find plenty of local 10 Ks to participate in. So I really love 10 Ks. And something that I think is super interesting is that running has been around for a really, really long time, right? The the earliest recordings of competitive running have been way back in ancient times. So way back before BC, there was records of competitive running. But modern forms of running like we, that we know today as far as, you know, a, a form of exercise or a sport that the kind of average everyday person can participate in didn't really get popular until the 1960s. So I always think that's really interesting because I think of running as something that's been around forever and it has been, but it's not been as popularized until pretty recent in history. 
And with the 10K, the 10K was actually added to the Olympic Games in 1912. And it was categorized as 25 laps around the Olympic-sized track. So four times around the track is about one mile. So 25 times around the track, 6.2 miles. So, you know, I just always... I'm a nerd for for racing and history, and I always think that is super interesting. So I'm always looking to learn numbers and facts so I can come on here and share them with you. So I looked up a couple other numbers that I wanted to share real quick. The re- fastest recorded 10K currently, the fastest male ran a 10k so again 6.2 miles in 26 minutes and 24 seconds so uh, <laughs> for a lot of people they're just trying to run a 5k in 26 minutes let alone uh, a 10k if you break that down into like a pace per mile you're looking at like a 4 minute and 15 second mile average. So that is incredibly fast. The fastest recorded female time for the 10K is 29 minutes and 43 seconds. So crazy, crazy, crazy fast. Uh, Absolutely amazing for those runners. You know that they had to have put lots of work and effort into getting those world record speeds. For those of us that are just the kind of average casual runners, the average time for uh, non-professional runners (laughs) would be about 50 minutes to an hour and 10 minutes. So if if your 10K is within that range, that 50 minutes to an hour and 10 minutes, um, you know, don't don't feel bad that you're not getting those 30 minute 10Ks. So let's move on to today's topic. So for today's topic, I actually have a story for you. So today is a little bit of a story time, but I promise you, I promise that there is a point to it. Okay. So I want to tell you the story of why my brand, my business, and this podcast is something wonderful. It's not just a name that kind of got picked out all willy-nilly. There is actually an entire backstory and history with this name. And it's something that's really special to me. And this is a story that I love to tell my clients. And I want to be able to share this story with you because I have not been a runner my entire life. Um, You know, if anything, I was the girl in school that got notes written for her so I didn't have to run in gym class. So... Seeing me now as a running coach and supporting other women and in crushing their goals and losing weight and getting active, you know, the story means a lot to me about what something wonderful represents. 
So let's kind of go back to Allie in seventh grade. So we're talking Allie at 12, 13 years old. I'm in middle school. And honestly, I was not a very good student. I was definitely not disciplined in school. I actually could care less about school. I rarely did my homework and I barely passed my classes with C's and D's. Um, you know, something looking back, obviously not super proud of, but you know, I, I feel like it's my mission to be authentic and tell you guys the truth. And if that means I have to tell you that I graduated high school with a 1.7 GPA, then you know what? That's, that's what I'm here to share, right? So back in English class in seventh grade, we had to write a paper. We had to write an essay about what our future would look like. We had to write about what our careers would be, what we would do after college, you know, who we would be and become as adults, which now I think that sounds like such a fun idea for a paper. And I wish I would have taken this paper more seriously because uh, it's a really kind of fun topic that kids can explore and dream about their futures. Um, But me being the wonderful student that I was, is I didn't take the assignment seriously. Um, Even when my teacher told me that if I wanted to get a passing grade in my English class, I had to turn in this writing assignment. But in true Allie fashion, I did not write my paper and I procrastinated or just didn't care and was just doing whatever else, you know, 12, 13 year olds are apparently doing Uh, until, you know, I didn't really care about the paper until the night before this paper was due. And I mean, like I'm brushing my teeth, getting ready for bed and suddenly remembering that I have a paper due that uh, I will not be passing my seventh grade English class if I do not turn this paper in. So I go to my mom and I am panicking. I am telling her, mom, I need to get this paper done. I am super tired. I don't have time to do it tonight. I don't know what to do. And you guys bless my mother's heart because she said, okay, like I'll, I'll write it for you. Right now, this is not the first time My mom has done a late night project for me. This is not the first time I've come to her panicking about something due the next day. She she at this point is very much knows that I could care less about school and is such an amazing woman for always coming in and saving the day. So she says that she will she will do my paper and she'll have it done by tomorrow. So I go to sleep. I wake up the next morning and get ready for school. And my mom is at the computer typing up my paper. And I ask, hey, can can I read the paper? Right. Can I can I see what what you've done? And she goes, no, no, you can't read it. Um, It's not done yet. But I promise that I will finish the paper and drop it to you off at school. And I said, "Okay, no problem. Uh, My English class isn't until like after lunch in the afternoon. So, you know, just drop it off to me. That's fine. 
but I'm sitting in school and I'm staring at the clock and the clock keeps ticking, right? And I keep going to my different classes. I go to lunch and my mom still hasn't brought me my paper and I'm starting to panic. Like I'm really sweating. Like what if she forgot? What if she didn't do it? Um, You know, super selfish of me. Like my my poor mom and the things that she had to deal with with me in school. But I was just really panicking because I was afraid that I was going to have to go into my English class and admit that I did not do my paper and that I quite possibly was going to fail seventh grade English class. But with a huge sigh of relief, right before we had to go to my next class, which was English, I got called to the office and I literally ran to the office uh, as fast as I could without getting in trouble. I ran to the office and picked up my paper. And of course, I had to rush to get to class before the tardy bell. So I really didn't get a chance to read this paper that my mom had just written for me on my behalf. So when I got into class, I sat down and I'm like, okay, I pulled out my paper and I think, okay, I'm going to finally be able to read this paper. And then suddenly my teacher calls on me to the front of the classroom and asks me to read my essay in front of the whole class. You know, the the paper that I haven't even had a chance to look through and read yet. And (laughs) you guys, I wish I had a copy of this essay to read to you on this podcast because nothing I say will get across just how embarrassing this story was about my future (laughs) and that I had to read to my seventh grade class and read in front of all of my peers. Because while other people wrote about how they went to college and became a doctor or a lawyer or went into politics, um, my paper was this whimsical whirlwind love story of how I became a photographer and met my future husband. And it was just for, full of like metaphors and life lessons. And it was just super, super obnoxious and dramatic and something I never would have written, um, let alone I think something that, that no other teenager would have probably written at the time because uh, it was just absolutely, absolutely insane. Um, so, you know, my mom must have just been laughing her butt off when she was writing this paper because she she had to have known just how ridiculous she was making this paper. So I'm in the front of the class, super embarrassed, reading my paper And my mom ended this extremely dramatic paper or the, you know, essay with a really powerful quote. And, you know, I promise this is where the story ties together, you guys. But she she ended the the story with. I am a moody, compassionate, creative 
overall kind of dumb teenager on the verge of something wonderful. And I just kept reading that sentence over and over and over. Even after I finished my paper and went back to my desk, I just kept writing that sentence. I am a moody, compassionate, creative, overall kind of a dumb teenager on the verge of something wonderful. It's like... It's like my mom's little way of like having that little dig at me, right? For for having her write my papers and coming in and saving the day and, you know, like a, a little dig at me for, for not taking school seriously. But that that quote, that final sentence, it really stuck with me. And even though I was slightly mad at my mom for the silly stuff that she wrote in this paper, I did get a passing grade, even though I really don't think that my teacher ever believes that I wrote that paper. And I honestly never learned my lesson because I still went on through junior high and high school and still barely passed with C's and D's and, uh, you know... I I probably should have learned my lesson after that, but it definitely wasn't the last time that I had my mom help me with projects. Um, But because of that quote, I think I still had this belief that no matter how many mistakes that I made as a teenager, I was still capable of doing something amazing and impactful with my life. So I carried that quote with me in my 20s. You know, in my 20s, I was a kind of a dumb 20-year-old something on the verge of something wonderful, right? When I had my little baby boy, I was a kind of dumb mom on the verge of something wonderful, right? Because when you're a new mom, everything is strange and scary and you have no idea what the heck you're doing. But I just kind of reminded myself, like, I'm a new mom. I'm going to make mistakes. And, you know, I'm on the verge of something wonderful. And I just carried that sentence with me wherever I went, And then when I started running and I started training for my first marathon, I carried it with me. You know, I'm kind of a dumb redhead on the verge of something wonderful. And that's where that something wonderful started coming in because wonderful started turning into wonderful as I kind of embraced this world of running and I found my passion and my strength and I found a lot of my identity in running. So something wonderful really came from the foreshadowing in the paper that my mom wrote me for my seventh grade English class. And even though I messed up a lot as a teenager and I got into a lot of trouble and even though I did not become a photographer or meet my husband as he was playing frisbee with his dog in the park, like she said in the essay, I still found my own way in the world and I still became exactly who I was meant to to be, right? Life is not about being perfect. And in episode one, I talk all about messing, you know, taking action and taking messy action and making mistakes. But 
even when you are making those mistakes, even when you're scared, even when you're messing up, you still have to believe that you are on the verge of something great. So when I end each of these episodes and I remind you at the end that you are something wonderful, it's not because you are perfect. It's not because you've had it easy. It's not because you don't have more work to work for and you don't still have things that you need to strive to achieve. Becoming something wonderful is about the journey and looking back and seeing how far you've come. Because if you would have told my 12, 13-year-old self that I would one day be helping women lose weight and gain confidence and run races, I wouldn't have believed you at all. Because there was a time when I couldn't even help myself. So while it might be a little embarrassing and it might be throwing myself under the bus to tell you about my undisciplined teenage self, I think it really shares a story of who we are now and who we can become in the future. So when I say something wonderful, Now, now that you know the backstory, what does it mean to you? And when I say, remember that you are something wonderful, what does it mean to you? How are you wonderful? Keep that in mind. And I want you to think about it every time you listen to this podcast. I want you to think about all the ways that you are wonderful. That's it for me today, you guys. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, and I will talk to you very soon. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Something Wonderful podcast. To show your support for the show, please take a moment to rate and review wherever you are listening to your episodes. You can follow me on Instagram at something underscore wonderful, and you can even join my free Facebook group, Weight Loss for Runners. And remember, my friends, until next time, you are something wonderful.